Talk Show is brought to you by... Hey, want to feel young again? Are you tired, run down, have aches and pains, brain fog? This is science-based, not hype or fancy marketing. It really works. Carbon-60 helps detoxify your body on the cellular level. It stabilizes free radicals, just like the antioxidants found in red wine and berry stew, but on a far smaller, more bioavailable nanoscale. It's like a bottle of electrons, helping your body to function better. You can also apply it on your skin, topically, over muscles, joints, or organs. Most people feel results within minutes. This is not a drug. It's organic carbon. Feel better today. About 95% of our users report more energy and clarity of mind within 10 days. Give us a call at Greska's Carbon 60 at 720-600-6040 or visit our site at c-60.com. Call 720-600-6040 and feel young again. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, the Fit and Fab channel, the whole network for that matter. Um, you know, another day, another show, great topic, great guest. Um, you know, we we always fear something called pain. And how, unfortunately, pain is part of life, and we all kind of experience it to a degree or another, somehow, somewhere. Uh, but there are some pains that are very brutal and it's difficult to deal with. Today's discussion. I have a specialist, someone who understands pain and helps people, uh, literally uh, through physiotherapy, uh, to 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 live pain free, if you want to call it that way. And his story started with himself, you know, having to deal with pain and chronic pain for for quite a while. So 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 today's show is going to talk about all the different things that we can do to help us. Um, you know, even just being on the ground and we're going to talk about grounding up and all that stuff. And then, you know, I'll, I'll leave that to our guest today. So without any further ado, I have with me Greg Stern. He is the chief food officer, owner uh, of the From Ground Up Physiotherapy. Greg, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure, dude. I, you know, like, again, this is going to be fun because um, I am, I've always been athletic and I've, had multiple injuries in my life, and uh, especially in the martial arts space, space, you always get hurt. I mean, I've had sprains, I've had broken bones, you know. So I've heard, I've I've seen it all, and you know, I know friends who've had similar stuff. Even my son had that. Even recently, he he kind of twisted his ankle, and it just it was bad. Uh, so it is, it is, uh, you know, just something that we live with. As I I, I introduce, pain is is and, and it's not bearable. Sometimes it is very difficult to to cope with. It takes away your mood. It takes away everything. Uh, so, so before we get into all that good stuff, uh, let's just talk about Greg, you know, and his story, because your story, you know, with pain and pain management started a while ago. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, right, you know, fast forward to today, and I'm the owner of From the Ground Up Physiotherapy, an awesome clinic that helps people get to the root cause of their pain. But many years ago, so I'm 29 years old now, and uh, 10 years ago, I suffered a routine ankle sprain playing flag football. So I hurt my ankle. And playing as a quarterback in this flag football league, I could just toss and throw. Even with the injury, I kept playing because you're 19 and you want to get on with your sport. And, you know, we were in the playoffs and I, I wanted to make sure I could keep playing. Now the season ends and my ankle still hurts me two, three months later. I'm now 
seeking out physiotherapy myself because the injury is lingering on and, you know, naturally I, I want to get better. And what happened to me was I was being offered solutions that were very uh, zoned in on where the site of pain was. Naturally, my ankle was hurting. And so I was getting lots of hands-on therapy, isolated banded exercises, but that wasn't really working. And so eventually they suggested I get orthotics into orthopedic shoes. And now we're, we're, we're trailing on six months, 12 months, and the pain is continuing to go onwards. And I'm now going to different professionals seeking out osteo, chiro, physio, different lenses of, of you know, of perspectives. And at the time, you know, my father's an emergency physician and my, my mother is a physiotherapist herself. So I've always been in the healthcare industry and whatever I was being offered from any single different practitioner wasn't really working. And eventually two and a half years later, after dealing with all this pain, not being able to stand for more than 10 seconds without issues, not being able to do the things I loved anymore, because anytime I would be do anything physical, I would pay the consequences for a long time. I eventually got surgery in my ankle. But after I got surgery in my ankle, you know, I had this like big aha moment thinking that that would be the end of my pain. And unfortunately, I was completely wrong because that was really just the start of my journey. And after the surgery, I started getting hip pain and back pain that wasn't there. At the time, I'm you know, 22 years old and just feeling broken and unbalanced and just desperate for a solution that would that would work for me for the long term as opposed to these you know these band-aid type of solutions that I was being offered um and you know through I, I knew I needed to take a deep dive to understand what was going on if I was ever going to solve this problem. And I, I started seeking out different mentors that were like outside the confines of normal education and outside like what you would normally hear as good advice. And that took me into a whole different world, the barefoot world of starting to get your feet. Actually, you have your two feet and they are meant to work. They're not pieces of meat that fit inside the shoes that we forget about all day. And that was kind of what I was being told. I need orthotics. I need to be supported all the time. And through finding more and more mentors that taught me, you know, layered by layer about different things and me chipping away slowly by slowly, I'm now at a point where I could walk. I could go for a hike for 10 kilometers barefoot. I could slack line between two trees. I have no more pain in my feet. My body feels better than it ever has. And it's just been a long journey of self-exploration, learning from the right mentors. And honestly, a very selfish pursuit, like all, all this acquisition of knowledge that I now share with my clients to help them get out of their own pains came from my own journey. Because after I had foot pain, I had back pain, I had hip pain, I, I had to figure out how do all the pieces fit together instead of these isolated approaches, we obviously work our body in unison when we're standing. And so that's what I need to teach people how to do. And that's what I needed to learn myself was this holistic full body approach that mimics the demands of our life rather than these very like dinky banded exercises that don't have a carryover into, into daily life. Oh, that's quite a bit. <laughs> wow. Well, well, so, so you were playing football, uh, by the way, you know, sports is, is when you're young, it's just part of life. I mean, especially at 19 is, is, you know, you're a top, you know, it's just, everything is looking great. Uh, you want to be impressive. You want to, you know, you feel strong. You feel the greatest, uh, best shape typically, and uh, energy is there. And now you are in football, so that's that's the other thing. I mean, there's that pride. Uh, I am a quarterback. I'm doing this. We're we're going to make it happen. And and you got injured, but and that's a story that we hear all the time. It happens every day to common people, to to sports and athletes. You know, experts. It just happens. 
And and when you are at a young age, and at least for our younger folks, and this this applies to everybody, but specifically for our younger folks, um, there's always that feeling that you know I am invincible because you know, and 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 it's different level of pain when you're that you can take some pain differently as your age. It becomes a little bit more difficult. But when you know, you just you just think that you know. And by the way, the body is resilient, and you know, and it can continue. And that's exactly what happened. Like, hey, just nothing. You ignore the pain. It's no big deal. It's gonna heal. But you keep doing everything wrong, and it just aggravates more. And that inflammation that causes the pain is just gonna linger more and more. And then ultimately, it's worse. And so, so the message right now is really, folks, if you're young and athletic, you know, and you really and you get an injury, take care of it. Don't let it, you know linger too much because it you don't know how bad that can be and it can destroy your you know a lot of things because in your case i as, as i was reading about your bio stuff it did kind of hinder a little bit of of all some of the pursuits and things like that because i mean there are things you can't do anymore if you can't you know move properly or and and and, and be active the way you wanted to right it can yeah. actually really dismantle some of your own dreams at that age so so what do you say to that actually greg well, I guess like the point to make, I guess two things. It's like um, when it comes down to like acute pain versus chronic pain, like when I was younger, like I was getting broken bones all the time. I would take acute, like sharp broken bones that heal within six weeks, any day over this lingering type of injury. And what I'll say is that injuries leave a legacy on the body. And what I mean by that is let's say you hurt your, for my case, I hurt my left ankle. And now, you know, let's say, it was a routine normal ankle sprain for the normal person that like gets on and six weeks later, they're feeling fine. But then back pain shows up five years later. Well, that back pain can be attributed to the fact that perhaps your brain is no longer comfortable loading onto that left side of your body again. So it's important that certainly, you know, not everyone has access to physiotherapy. And unfortunately, a lot of the standards of physiotherapy tend to be less than ideal, in my opinion. But it's about understanding that you need to reintroduce movement back into the system so that your body becomes confident again, you know, using both sides of your, ba your body in a more balanced way. So, yeah, but, I, you know, like, of course, injuries happen and it's important to respect them. But of course, the body is resilient and gets on with it as we go through life. But we certainly want to make sure that those parts come back online so that we, you know, more of our body shows up to the party, so to say, when we when we use our body in day to day life. Thank you. And 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 just just from a technical term, you probably can guide us here. There's two things. One is a sprain, uh, you know, typically, as far as I know, it's a tear, you know, in, in your you know ligaments. Right. Am I yeah. getting that correct? Yeah, exactly. And so, so sometimes that could be light, sometimes it can be a deeper one, a bigger one. And then that's actually where it gets really and ligaments tend to. <laughs> not heal as fast as people think it's not muscle different you know it's not bone so the structure is different uh, now you, you use the word physiotherapy yeah uh you know people are familiar with physical therapy same exactly same yeah. exactly okay good yeah. so just to be to be clear you know like just another word you know uh it's not yeah. you know a synonymous word to to what we are commonly known uh so that, thank you for that and so uh you said you did all that stuff you did different therapies and, uh, and, and by the way, your mom is, you know, your father is, you know, in, in the medical, medical space, yet it did not, you know, help you at that point. And, and you wind up doing surgery. Now the surgery, that's the other thing that is always a tough discussion. You know, people sometimes tend to believe that, you know, and, and you have some, depends on, on who you talk to. Some people are like, you know, surgery is important. You got to get it done. 
Uh, and some people say that's the last resort. I'm of the, the opinion of surgery should be the last resort. You don't want to be under the, the knife or under anesthesia or, you know, and, and going under unless you have to, because there's ramifications to that as well. And, and, and you said it, you know, even though you had it, things that happen after, you know, were not there before. Yeah. For whatever reason, I love what you said that, yeah, the brain is going to compensate. It's going to keep, you know, trying, but eventually, you know, it's going to have to find another way to, 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 to kind of mitigate that pain level. And you now, yeah. And, and by the way, when you have pain, you might work crooked. You might do some things, you know, that you're not sure about. And then you, you are dismantling the other functions slowly, yeah. but truly. And then your body becomes tilted or your slouch or whatever. These things are actually, and I've seen those happen, you know, when you have, this happened to me like about a year ago or something. I almost did the same. You know, I had that. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, just limping. Right. And it, to get out of that limp was difficult. Like my, my, my system almost kind of synchronized in that step. Like, I'm like, what the hell? I can't yeah. walk straight anymore. And literally it was only a week, but, but it was brutal because like in my mind, I was like, is this going to happen? Like now going forward, like I can't walk normal. It was like weird, like that to see that your body is not responsive, you know, to your regular motion. And I was stuck with that like idea, like, oh shit, this is gonna be bad. Luckily, you know, it got better, and then you know, I was, but it took me like at least a week to be able to actually literally walk the way you walk normal, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like, like it was so much pain, and you like you try to avoid that, right? You limp, and then I just like got into the habit of limping without you know having the pain anymore. I was like, what the hell? So it's like I did my own physiotherapy, if you want to call it, that, to get yeah. adjusted. But it's it is difficult, folks. I mean, you know, we're talking about this, but. If you listen to watching, you have, I mean, I used to make fun of my mother, believe it or not. You know, when I was a kid, I remember we were on a trip and my mom, you know, uh, tripped and, and sprained, you know, her, her ankle. And, you know, it was like, we didn't make, you know, like we made, light, I made light of it, you know, it was like nothing. Right. And this was, if I tell you the story, you would believe this was like over 40 years ago. Right. And over the last 40 years, my mom's always said like, my foot still hurts. Yeah. And I and I and I never like no nah, come on, it cannot be, it cannot be. Until it happened to me, you know, once. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I, I and then I realized that it is not it, like your brain almost like remembers that. And and sometimes you do feel that, you know, if it's cold, if you get a wrong angle, that stuff is still there. So it's not like, you know, it's just a complete healing and you will never so the, the key yeah. thing in this case is to restore movement in the area, right? So like yeah, like Things will stiffen up and lock as a protective mechanism when the injury happens. But if you never deal with the problem, well, then that ankle just, you know, you get on with life. And so that stiff ankle that your mom developed, unless she kind of dealt with it properly, which often is not the case, then, then you know, it lingers in the system and it, and it persists, unfortunately, unless you're kind of exposing your body to different angles and you know now we're walking on very flat terrain all the time so the ankle the ankle is not usually exposed to different things and so the the, the natural environment would almost heal the body a bit more but now we're, we're we're kind of living in these funky footwear that don't let our feet move the way that they're supposed to and as a result of that we're you know we're, we end up with these stiff feet that have a, an impact on the rest of the system well greg you are the chief foot officer right <laughs> You, you, you just, you know, understand the foot, you know, dynamics and how it works and the function. And, and I, and I want to take some time now to talk about that because you've mentioned, I even started discussing the idea of ground and, you know, from the companies from ground, from ground up, right from the ground yeah. up. And, and, and you, you alluded over and over to the idea that, you know, shoes really is not the, they're not the natural way. 
you know, the natural way is barefoot. And and people will probably laugh at us right now, like, you know, who the hell walks barefoot today? I mean, unless you're in a third world country, maybe, you know, that's that's the, the stereotype, right? But yeah. but really there's movement about that today. You know, there are people that are even experts that are saying you need to ground yourself just from the grounding part, just yeah. to 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 link up with with earth, right? And and nature. Uh but but you're adding the value of like the balance of your body, the core of your body is is actually supposed to actually go on natural, you know, surfaces and and feel those things as opposed to like, you know, being an elevated, you know, cushy, you know, stuff and to your point, flat surfaces. So so let's talk about the dynamics there, you know, and, yeah, and why cool. that's important. Well, I mean, just for, for the most people out there, we we often think a good shoe is one that supports the foot. So we could think about an Asics, a New Balance, a Nike, a Brook, a Hoka, you name your favorite shoe. Most people are like, yeah, I got a good shoe. And they're like proud of themselves, right? When we actually look at a, shoe, a foot, when we think about the natural shape of a foot and we think about a baby's foot or we think about an indigenous culture person's foot who's never worn shoes before, we have these nice widespread, robust feet where the tips of the toes are the widest part. Now, if we look at most shoes today, the widest part, even if you have a double E width shoe, whatever it is, is at the ball of the foot and the shoe tapers in. Now, it's very obvious if we were wearing a high heeled shoe that's a triangle, we would understand that that's not the shape of the foot. But to a lesser extent, every one of the shoe companies I just mentioned, their toe box is too tapered in. So now my widespread foot gets pushed in and now my toes can no longer spread. That's like taking a tripod camera, like a tripod that holds a camera and bringing in the legs of it. So bunions, Morden's neuroma, just strong feet in general, like our weak feet in general are a result of our toes being squished together. So that's one huge element of footwear is that they're, they're just too tapered in. The next element is that they don't really bend or flex, but you've been told, okay, arch support is good. I need rigid motion control, stability, all these fancy words that we're, we're told. But if we think about a cast for a second, if I broke my arm and I'm in a cast for six weeks, what would happen to my arm? Would it become stronger or weaker? As far as I know, I, I was told it gets stronger. I, I you know, yeah. So I, I think after you're in a cast for six weeks, though, your 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 arm actually gets very weak. If you like, think about oh, the, oh, the, uh, the you're talking about the weakness, not the bone itself. Yes, oh, yeah, exactly, the bone itself. But like, think about the muscles in your arm. You're, you're, you know, you you lose all your muscle, Emotion, yeah, and now your arm is like literally uh, super stiff. It doesn't move. Well, think about a shoe that doesn't move. Well, if we have 26 bones in our foot with 33 joints, so 25% of our bones in our body are located in our feet, in our two feet, okay? So we have 52 bones overall. We have 206 bones in the entire body, but 52 of them in our feet. And then we take all those motion that are supposed to take place and we block it from happening. Well, that's the cast example. Our feet no longer move well and they become stiff and they become weak. So now we talk about the width of the shoe. We have no motion in the shoe. We also talk about most shoes. Again, why do women wear, wear high heels? Because it accentuates curves, right? Bigger breasts, bigger bust, whatever it is. And so what happens is even if I'm wearing a, a, an Asics, it's actually a half an inch higher at the heel and the toe for the most part. Like you could think about a dress shoe. Most shoes are actually slightly elevated. And what is that doing to our body? It pushes our center of mass forward. And now we have to exaggerate our back extension, bending our knees. And we're just out of alignment compared to how we would be if our heel and our toes were at the same height, which is what happens when we're born. Our heels and our feet are the you know flat to the ground. 
And then the last element of footwear that's is, is a, a huge thing that's going on is that, again, think about a Hoka or a uh, an Adidas Boost or any of these shoes that people are saying, like, it feels like I'm walking on a cloud. And we're told, like, we're being sold that as a, that's a good thing. But the problem is your eyes and your feet are both sensors. We could agree on that. Your eyes take in visual information. Your feet take in, you know, information from that's the right. ground. It's sensing. Now, when I go outside and it's extremely sunny, I don't wear a blindfold. I wear sunglasses. But when I'm wearing three inches of cushioning, what I'm doing is I'm blindfolding my feet from feeling. And the feet are there to provide us balance. They're trying to connect us to the ground. We're the only species on Mother Earth that doesn't have our bare feet on the ground. Now, I get it. We're living in concrete jungles now today, and it's maybe not appropriate. But there are a ton of new footwear companies that exist that model barefoot-like conditions that are wide, that are thin, that are flat, that are flexible, that let your feet feel, that let your feet move. So your feet are meant to be protected, but they're not meant to be imposed upon by the fancy new technologies that we're being told are good. And unfortunately, all these new technologies are just causing more and more foot pain. That's why more people people are going to podiatry uh, appointments. But unfortunately, the solutions that are being sold are putting in an orthotic. And so you're now taking a weak and stiff foot and making it even stiffer and even weaker by supporting it even more and even more. That's like someone coming to me with neck pain and saying, like, I'm going to put a a brace on your neck and I'm going to keep it on for the next year. You're like, that sounds strange. Shouldn't I, like, teach my neck how to move, how to get stronger? But we take this isolated approach when it comes to our feet where we just think, okay, it just needs support. It just needs to be locked into this arch position and poof, all the problems will go away. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for myself and it doesn't work for any of the clients that come through my clinic. So I have a very radically different approach where I'm coaching people always barefoot in my clinic and I'm teaching them how to use their feet well. I'm actually teaching people's feet how to flatten, which sounds very funny because most people hear the word flatten feet and they think that's a bad thing. But we could think of our foot like a trampoline that's meant to go down, meant to go up. It's meant to be dynamic. The foot flattens, widens and spreads. It absorbs impact and then it becomes stiffer as it pushes off. So we need to train these qualities and that doesn't happen by just slapping on a fat pair of shoes and and expecting the problem to go away. That's just kind of, you know, it's it's a tool, not a solution in the problem. It could be a temporary solution, but ultimately we want to wean away from the supportive, fush, supportive cushion footwear that's not allowing the foot to move ideally. Ooh, that that's quite a bit. But so 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 that actually opens up a can of worms to to, to yeah. degree for a few things. One, I can tell you this: I, if you were barefoot in general, the odds of you turning your ankle the wrong way or twisting your ankle are probably slim to none. As opposed to if you're a higher, you know, platform, you you easily can twist. I mean, that's exactly what happens. You have a pair of shoes, you step on the wrong thing, boom. Because if it's flat, there's nowhere to go. It's kind of like it's there. And our feet are very adaptive as well because we have so many joints. That's not, the idea is that our feet evolved for uneven terrain. So when I go hiking barefoot, people look at me like I'm crazy. Like, aren't you worried that you're going to sprain your ankle? It's like, well, you have your big clunking hiking boot. And if you hit one bad rock, your whole foot moves one way. Whereas my foot will kind of already it's going to react faster because like there's no dampening of signal between me and the ground. And then I also have all my bones that can accommodate to the ground. But that's, that's, that's a big, you know, thing. I mean, I, I love the concept like you hiking. I, I can just imagine you walking and people looking at what's wrong with this dude, you know? <laughs> I mean, especially in the woods. I mean, you know, there's kind of people, there's Rocky, there's this there. 
And believe it or not, you're right. I mean, you would eventually, you know, can uh, adapt to it very easily. Uh, but but again, people remember we live in a different century today. It's, a, it's like for, for since you are born, you actually are taught that you need to have shoes. Yeah. Uh, and then, then even when you have elderly issues with your feet, like you know, at the elder you know level, you have these these ortho shoes, right? The special shoes, you know, they're the podiatrist prescribed, but First of all, they're not really uh, appealing. That's one. <laughs> but 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 whether they work or not, you know, I guess from a medicinal piece, I don't know. Maybe, no, but but, a, but 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 the way you presented it, they shouldn't be that way. I mean, people still should. Basically, imagine you stood on a pillow. What would happen to you? You'd feel wobbly, right? Like when people do balance training on uneven surfaces. So basically, they're walking on on a wobbly surface all the time. So you would want to connect someone to the ground. And one of the biggest things is that the older we get, we're just accumulating more and more time in the cushion. And so our feet literally become dead. Like the nerve endings is like use it or lose it principle. So anyone that comes to my clinic, like they lay it on their back and I'll just take a, like a little plastic rubber thing and I'll just scrape the bottom of their foot. And I see, does their foot react? Does it is it is it numb? Is it like retract from my 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 scrape? And for most people, their feet their foot freaks out when I do it because they're so not used to having their gotcha. the bottom sensors. So they're they're extremely sensitized. And part of what I do is I use like spiky balls or acupressure mats, and I get people walking, and I wake up their nerve endings. And I've helped people with many years of numbness in their feet get out of those issues within a few weeks just by starting to resensitize their feet to vitamin T. That's vitamin texture. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, we're we're talking in general and mostly about like you know the sneakers type of concept shoes or dress shoes. But you did allude to the women's, you know, structure. I mean, this is this affects men and women, and 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 you're right. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I have no idea how women walk on high heels. Uh, I mean, how they do it, uh, and and you're right. Even they dress suffer. shoes, they, trust, they, they definitely suffer while they're doing it. it well, listen, my wife and I we have this. You know, even the most defensiest shoes, they actually they're they're, they're pointier and the the, the more most uncomfortable ones, and it, it doesn't matter. And then even for men's shoes. You know, I mean, you get the, the wingtips or whatever. The, sure. Your your toes are like, you know, literally like, you know, on top of each other. It's kind of like weird how you do feel that pain. If you wear it for the whole day at work, I mean, you come home, I mean, your feet are hurting. It's not fun at all. And and to your point, this is not even talking about the senses, you know, the, the that the foot can actually really feel the ground. Um, you know, so, so thank you for clarifying that because, and, and by the way, you know, we have been literally, connected to shoes for years now and, and it's fashion <laughs> you know i mean people jockey like which which type of shoes you buy like you know this one is this and we have all these new fancy shoes that are like costing a lot of money because of marketing and things like that people are like i want those shoes but no one is looking like are they really comfortable and they buy them just because it's the style well, they, they the are the thing is comfort kills in the sense of that they, they, they sometimes they are comfortable when you first put them on you feel that the cushy the support but you don't realize over time that your your, your toes are your squish they don't move very well and so we become very reliant on these shoes over time so sometimes when i get people to transition to the shoes that i'm recommending it's a bit of a transition period to understand that like Imagine just you, you sat on a couch your whole life. Well, literally standing against gravity would be tough. And so people's feet kind of need this transition period to just slowly feel better. But Im immediately when your toes are spread out, you're like, oh, I, so like immediately I'll, I'll get someone to put their, one of their shoes on and one of my shoes on. And they're like, 
Oh, I, I get it now. Like immediately. Mm-hmm. Feeling like the, the Tivas or like some of those the ones well, with the uh, fingers. Yeah, you know, there's a company out of the US called Zero Shoes. There's Ultra A L T R A. There's Vivo Barefoot. There's Groundies. There's Viva, that's what two companies, but not available in a footwalker or or a sports expert or whatever, you know, shoe store you go to. And that's the problem is that so it's not in front of us. And so we don't see it. It's because they're kind of on the fringe and they're they're nouveau. But it's as, as simple as this. If your hat was in a midden all day, so I don't know, you're in Jersey, so it's cold enough that you might need middens. So we'll, we'll define gloves is where your fingers can actually move and middens where you're, you know your four fingers are together. So we all can understand that if I kept my four fingers together all day for eight hours, well, I would no longer be able to type and text and use my hands. Well, that's exactly what's happening to our feet. Our feet are, you know, ha- gloves look like hands. And shoes look like craziness. So it's a, you know, a, a, your feet should be inside the shape of a, a of a shoe that looks like a foot. It's as simple as that. You know, uh, Greg, I'm sorry, but I just I had this flashback from from Die Hard, the movie, the first one, when when he was in the airplane and the guy says, "You got to make fist with your feet," and he kind of did that. He's like, "Fist with my feet, that feels good." Uh, you know, that image just came back to my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched that movie like hundreds, you know, I don't know how many times since I lost count, but, but that, that particular scene was funny and you know, you, but you don't, you don't realize, and actually I tested that and it does work, whatever that, that those, those fists with your feet, you know, with your toes, it does work, man, it feels good. So, so, so you're talking about some of the basic elements and, but yet, you know, because of fashion, because of to your point marketing, because of some things that push versus some others, um, you know, and maybe these other brands that are supposed to be more like, you know, relevant for us, they're not really doing the same way of promoting, you know, their products. Uh, but, but again, this is the first time, you know, we have like in, at least in my network, we have in this discussion and I can imagine that not everybody has access to this discussion about like, how is important to have your feet, but the analogy given with the fingers and and the mittens and and the gloves, it does it simply makes sense. I mean, you yeah, don't exactly. have to be. It's, it's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that like a cast is not good, right? But we we're, we're sold these things, and it's basically the, it, as simple as this: high tech shoes equals low tech feet. Low tech shoes equals high tech feet. And the more bells and whistles we could sell inside of our shoes, gel shock technology, motion control, stability, blah, blah, blah. I name all these bells and whistles. I could jack up the price and I it makes you need it more because of what you're being told, right? And it's just also this modern society where we think that like, you know, more is better. And, you know, basically there's this inherent belief that if our feet are flawed and unless they're inside a good shoe, then we're screwed. But just go back to evolution. Like just as simple as that, we've been walking for barefoot on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years. And we've always been comfortable walking on this planet. And the only reason we use a shoe is as as protection. So if we have the elements, we protect our feet, but we don't impose on our feet. Well, well, so, so this concept of, of flat foot, right? That that sometimes like oh a lot of kids have flat foot they have to go to doctor get these arch thingies that they have to put in and they get you know like uh, some special fitting you know to do it is, is that even a thing I mean uh, medically 
or or really they're just another piece that actually promotes these kind of shoes and things like that in no, the industry. They're jumping too fast to give children art support. They just need to be in shoes that are thin and wide and flexible so that their feet can develop. Like the arch only develops like within I I I honestly don't know i think six years old but like the reality is we just need to be load bearing playing on our feet playing barefoot to allow things to happen but like i you know a couple of my cousins now have kids and i, I see what they're already putting on their children's feet they don't move and they're like these tiny little cute shoes but they don't move very well and that's a huge problem and you you see the videos of dogs walking with the slippers like they move weirdly and it's the same thing we don't want to put children inside shoes let their feet develop and like there were no there would not be issues if like we just allow the feet to always do their things throughout the entire life and so when you mention this idea of like yeah, developing countries third world countries like they have it right like you know villagers playing around in rural you know, settings and like par playing barefoot, they could walk on the stones, on the rocks versus, you know, you go to the beach for most people, they walk on one stone, like, ooh, 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 you know, they, we're, we're freaking out from our inability because our feet become so sensitive. And it's like, imagine you're living in the dark for like your whole life. And then you go out sunny, your eyes are going to freak out. It's kind of what's happening at our feet. So, so let's talk about now grounding besides the, the actual, I guess physiological piece of it, like you yeah, know, the, the, mechanical, the, right? the mechanical piece. Yeah. What about the the connection piece? You know, because I mean, yeah, there's I'm, there's a whole thing about grounding and getting the energy from the soil and things like that. Is that it, does that also fit into this this whole strategy? One hundred percent. I mean, I definitely talk about it with people. I think it's somehow it becomes a woo woo for people. We're like, what are you talking about? Like putting your feet on the ground and like your electrons and like. It's as simple as we are the only species on the planet that doesn't connect our feet to the ground. So hello, obviously it feels good to have our feet on the ground. And yes, there is a component where you could literally take a brain, like a scan of someone's body pre and post spending 30 minutes on the soil and their body scan looks different. Like there's less inflammation in the body because we are discharging excess electrons from our body. It's the same way that we ground something like a plane, you know, when it, when it's been in, through a storm, we want to ground it so that we discharge things. So, I mean, I talk about the mechanical component. I talk about it with, uh, you know, the grounding component with my clients as well. Maybe that's not where I focus my efforts, but I also lead some outdoor classes and I get people spending time barefoot and they're like, oh, this feels good. Like, and, and intuitively, we know it's the right thing. What, you know, when we have this capacity to connect to the ground, it feels better. Oh, so thank you. Uh, great. Now, now let's talk about the big picture. You, you teach people about movement as a whole we've, we've covered a lot of the foot piece because yeah. that's really the core yes. but 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 you also help them move the body you know in a coherent shoulders, way shoulders you know back pain neck pain i help people with any type of issue yeah so so now let's talk about the core of why people have pain in general uh in your expertise you know what are the things that that trigger that pain and and ultimately how to mitigate some of that and I, I, you're alluding to the idea that movement proper posture all these things and grounding walking barefoot will, yeah. will, will balance you enough that you know to your point to the to i guess dismantle some of the inflammation ultimately have a better feel for your body yeah that, so so let's talk about that a little bit for sure so well obviously one component a big component that we're mentioning is these new footwear things that uh tend to get us in trouble and less balance but one of the things that you said the word posture right and that's a very dirty word. And let me explain that because when <laughs> people, hear it, the word, 
people hear the word posture and immediately start seeing, you know, chest up, stand up straight, sit up straight, shoulders down and back, right? And so that's what most people think about good posture, right? Like this nice, tall, erect, soldier-like posture, right? Now, I want you to think, uh, well, actually, I'll invite you to do this. I'm going to take, get your hands and squeeze them together as hard as you can, okay? So go for about 5, 10 seconds, squeeze, 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 squeeze. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you to do this for the next 12 hours. Okay. I don't think so. Right. So uh, I'm looking at you like, huh? (laughs) Yeah. So relax your hands. Okay. So when we squeeze our hands, obviously we can't squeeze our hands for 12 hours. But now if you go ahead and sit up straight for a sec, what is happening to those low back muscles? The squeeze. So basically, when people think about good posture, what they're doing is they're using their low back muscles to make themselves tall, but they're compressing their back muscles and they're keeping them engaged 24 hours of the day. And so when we think about why do I have back pain? Oh, I must be just not keeping good enough posture. Or is it the fact that those back muscles are engaged 24-7? So this myth about sitting up straight and being good for us is something that we need to tackle because let's say we go to India and I was in India 10 years ago. I saw 80-year-olds that could squat ass to grass, no problem, in a deep squat position. Now, when you're squatting in a deep squat like that, just resting or, you know, chilling down in that position, is your back straight or is it rounded and relaxed? Rounded and relaxed. And right, Mm -hmm. so that's the natural position to go to the washroom, to sit around a campfire back in the, you know, the, the heyday, you know, millennia ago. And so the thing is, sitting on the floor or sitting in a squat, the back is relaxed. But be, so, but why is it that when we put ourselves on a chair, we have to go into sit up straight mode? It, it's this cognitive dissonance that we're just, it looks better to be erect and sitting up straight and standing up straight. But what that does is it compresses the whole backside of the rib cage. And now we start to lose, lose movement options. So I've got a quote from Conor McGregor from behind me, you know, and whether you hate him or love him, the idea is that, if we look at how a fighter moves, is that fighter in this fluid, relaxed back posture or are they keeping their chest forward? And so we could obviously understand that most athletes have this elegant way of moving their spines that doesn't involve them compressing themselves. So we have this indoctrinated belief that we must be in these types of positions. Otherwise, you know, our back is going to be here. And so again, part of the idea is that we, we go to the gym then and we compound the problem even further because now we go into core tight, chest up, squeeze your glutes, and we're not allowing fluidity and coordinated movement to take place because we're in squeezing mode. And that's not the way that muscles want to work. And so instead of working these like squats, deadlifts, bench press, everything forward, backward plane, we need to introduce 3D motion to the body, side to side, learning how to rotate. And these are the things I do with my clients is get them to get their body into these new positions and then teach them how to load in 3D and that lights up new movement patterns and I get them out of pain pretty quickly by teaching them how to use their whole structure. You, you're a, a, you know, a, a, a guy that promotes slouching, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which, is, which, is, which is completely the opposite of what the mass you know, uh, 100%. system is And people is say that to me all the time, like, this goes against everything I've been taught. And said, yeah, how's your back feel right now? Like, shit. Okay, so let, uh, let's listen up. And then when I do it, and I got... But again, the, the devil's in the detail in terms of slouching. I don't mean my head poking forward five inches in front of my body. 
What I mean is just allowing my rib cage to come down and kind of exhaling long and really feeling my ribs come down. Because imagine you were walking on the street and I scared you. I, I, you know, I was hiding behind a corner and I scared you. What would happen to your body? You'd pop up into this like fight or flight response. Well, this is kind of what, what's happening is that we're, we're living in this chest up fight or flight response all the time. And so we're not allowing the ribs to come down, which is more of this rest and digest type of posture. So it's not that it's inherently bad to be chest up, but more often, more people need this slouching, relaxed posture, learning how to do a deep squat or even just, you know, folding over in a chair and touching the ground, really promoting a rounded back. Because what I see is people don't give themselves permission to go in these positions because it's like it goes against a belief system that's like installed inside their nervous system. So, Greg, essentially, you're referring to like some sort of re-movement, basically. Yeah, it's you know, all just... about movement re-education. Again, I mean, it's like taking people to the basics, and but but we are, to your point, so conditioned to certain ways, how to sit, how to do this, how to stand, how to walk. I mean, how to even introduce yourself to people, how to walk into a room, you know, and and you actually literally hit on something that is that is there are studies today that are talking about it, you know, more and more. Uh, you talked about how you know you go to the bathroom in a way, right? You know, the the old school way, like you you, you basically you squat. Yeah. Um, and actually today have proven that that's the better way to actually go. Uh, your your system is designed to be that way. Everything is going to move better that way as opposed to sitting on a actual <laughs> your seat. Well, this is why squatty, you know, there's like a simple little device on Amazon. You could get a, a squatty potty, which is basically just to elevate your knees above your hips. Because literally, oh, yes, I've knees, seen that, you know, if your knees and your hips are at the same height, uh, like while you're going to the washroom, basically the tube is being squeezed and not the right way. And it, when your knees go above, now the tube is less compressed. Okay. It's like trying to get water through a hose that has a kink in it. And so like literally just raising your knees above is just like, you know, something that we're not used to because when we sit in chairs, like we're doing right now, you know, our knees and our hips are the same height, but uh, you know, when we sit on the floor or we go into these squat positions, our knees are above our hips and our hips are below. And so it takes our back through this rounded, relaxed position. You know, it's funny because as a, this is a true, true story. Um, you know, I travel a lot. And if you travel a lot, you've seen the the old bathrooms, the hole yeah. in, the, in the ground, right? Yeah, of course. And, and, I, and I've seen people like, they're like, oh, my God, there's a hole in the ground. How do I do this? Yeah. You know, but really, traditionally, that's how it went. And, and it worked better than the modern version of going to the bathroom. I mean, this is not the topic, but but talking about movement, about slouching, about yeah. the position of your body, it really makes a difference on how to... We've gone through from the, the original how we're supposed to to how we're not supposed to because yeah. of etiquette and, and, and fashion and stuff. And, you know, and one thing actually, um, just, just uh, to backtrack a little bit, you know, when you see animals especially like let's say cats or lions or all these these you know feelings right when you see it you see like some some shots at their paws when they're walking you can see the paws expand when they actually are ready to, yeah. to march right you know they literally open up even cats if you have a cat you know and i love cats you know you see them they do that they actually open up their their paws a little bit even this is not even an attack mode anything they just do that besides straight you know you're right. You know, we're not any different. We're supposed to do the exact that same movement to actually kind of extend and, and expand. But 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 we don't think about that because you're right. Since your condition, even sports wise, right? 
so I am I'm a martial arts student and I started in traditional martial arts. I have yet to see a dojo where you walk with shoes. Yeah. Exactly. You train you train with no shoes. We train barefoot. We actually I remember when I was yeah, I was 18, we had our black belt training and we were in a camp in the woods, literally. And we were to run miles and we were running barefoot. Yeah. There was no 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 shoes, nothing. We I, I remember it was a three day you know camp. It was all all day, all night training. I mean, literally sleep a couple hours and you train. And we were running for miles barefoot from the camp to the training spot. And then then we go into all the martial arts stuff and we come back. And it didn't hurt us. I mean, to be honest with you, if if, if I remember it as being the best time. And when you go to and that's the other thing, like if you learn to to fight, for example, barefoot. You're not going to be afraid, you know, from from combat, you know, or, or hitting something because you already trained to do that. But if you never do that, you're always in shoes. You know, the minute you're you don't have a shoe, you feel like I'm protected. I mean, I'm, I can't even touch anything because you're not used to it. Yeah. You know, the ground's going to like tickle you. <laughs> you know, well, but- to your point though about this feline thing, I want to talk about like animals for a sec because when you see a dog walk, what you'll see is this nice rib cage movement, this sexy spine that moves like an S, right? You could see like really nice movement take place. Now, when we do go to the gym, coming back to that idea is that we're often told about this idea of neutral spine and not to let our body move. So for example, someone who's doing bicep curls are taught to like keep everything tight and then just isolate that arm and just, you know, squeeze. But there's another way where you actually do a bicep curl and you allow your body to side bend one way and then side bend the other way or overhead pressing. I know uh, some people might not, might not be watching this, but the idea is that we're allowing ribs to move with everything we do, as opposed to this idea that keep things evil, even, everything should be level. Like that's missing the point because when we walk, there's this idea that one side gets higher, one side gets lower. And so there's like alternating motions taking place. And that's what naturally happens in an animal. And it's almost like we detrain that out of our bodies by these cultural myths, by these personal trainers that, yes, they have the right intentions, but unfortunately, I trained in the wrong way that continue to encourage this core stability rather than movement fluidity. And that's what I teach with my clients is explore the boundaries of your movement so that your brain is comfortable moving into these new areas rather than like narrowing your scope and making everything tighter and, you know, less movement options available for the system. Listen, I love it. And you know what? You're challenging the status quo in a way. And and frankly, uh, you know, there's, as we said, multiple ways to skin a cat. And, you know, there's a school of thought that that's the way, or at least traditionally that's have been, that has been the actual format. But that doesn't mean it's always. And every time, you know, in, in time, you start finding out that some of the stuff that we were told was always wrong. I mean, a good example, this has to do with nutrition, right? We used yeah. to, to be told, uh, Eat eggs. I mean, yolk and everything is good for your muscle. And then for a period of time, no eggs, no yolk, yep, right? It's yeah, bad yeah. for you. And now it's like, yolks is good. You know, yeah, there yeah. was a time was like, no butter. Now butter is good. You know, yep. so so things always change because it's, you know, these are these are studies that are determined by, by groups and industries that actually do that and develop that. And then it's like, basically, it's like um, hypno- <laughs> hypnosis to certain things based on how we present them to you. If we tell you this is the only way it is and you grow and that's the only way you know, that's the only way yeah, you know. Sure. Then you come in, then comes Greg and says, you were taught wrong. This is not the best way to do it. I have a better way for me. Like they look at you like you got three heads. Like what the hell? You know, who who the hell are you, man? You know, where did you learn? Because that's the first thing that people, where sure. did you go to school? Because 
I went to this school and that's the system they told us. Well, that's because that's what they told you. Did you for look sure. for something different? Yeah. Well, I guess, I, you know, feeling is believing. So obviously when people come to me, they're in pain, they're more vulnerable, they're ready to make a change. And so I'm presenting something that's new to them. They're like, mm, that's really interesting. Like a lot of people like leave a first assessment to be like, that was really insightful. Like, that's probably not what they're like expecting, but they're like, oh, well, my, I'm like, and then I retest some things that happen. I'm like, how does that feel? Like, also really good. So it's like you, the buying comes through movement as well. It's not just like I could be theoretical all day long, but like me speaking words won't get you out of things until you start to feel things in your body. So it's it's really literally like when people come to see me and they've been around the houses and they've tried everything for their back, they've done massage, they've done Cairo, they've done this, but it's like, have you done movement? Have you done very mindful movement where I'm going to teach you how to move better? And one of the things I want to just highlight here, what I really a very basic principle to understand is that imagine you were about to start a race. So let's say your right leg is forward and you're like, you're ready to run. Now, would I go ahead and lean forward to start a race or would I lean back to start a race? Most people run, you know, set up forward. Set up forward, exactly. Yeah. But let's say for most people, when I get them to like bend one knee and say like, all right, just want you to bend one knee. What happens is that their head and their ribs go back as their pelvis goes forward. And so you could just think I'm hanging on my back when I have one leg forward, or maybe they're just not balanced when they have one leg forward. And so the whole idea is what I get people to do is I get them to bend their knee and then bring their nose over their toes while maintaining the same height. So basically I'm just getting them in that forward lean position. And all of a sudden I get their, the, the middle of their foot and their front of the foot pushes into the ground. Their calf kicks on, their quad kicks on, their butt kicks on, everything works. And then I start to teach them movement. So I know a lot of this sounds like, what, what is he saying? But it comes down to this theory of, can I get people comfortable stacking their body on top of a foot and then learning how to squat or how to hinge? So like a deadlift pattern or a moving side to slide or rotating. And so that's what I do to people is I stack them, getting things on as a unit, and then the body works very well. And again, it's all about buy-in comes from obviously results. And so... When people have been around the houses and I start to teach them how to move well and their legs start shaking like crazy because they've never worked these areas before, you know, that's what gets people excited and motivated is, is change, right? So the only reason I could stand behind you and say what I'm saying right now is because what I'm doing actually helps people with years and years of chronic pain get back to doing the things they love because now their body is showing up for them rather than that sight of pain taking on all the load all the time. Thank you, Greg. And and by the way, I I, I trust that you know what you're doing you know, because to be honest with you, um, I am of, of the opinion that some traditional stuff, some different stuff is always available. And it's only, it, there's not always one way. It's not linear. You know, we have to look at different angles and different opportunities. Sure. And you're right. You know, you, you've actually suffered and you know, this stuff works because you've tested it and you yeah. were pain-free yourself uh, because of of how you were able to manage that. And you're taking that on the road with some, and that's the other thing. If someone says, well, how, what do you know? Well, you've had <laughs> a severe, you know, uh, experience yourself. So you know what pain looks like. Uh, now, now again, talking about pain, you help them manage the pain through the movement and through the body, you know, uh, positioning and all the stuff, the foot, you know, the grounding up. Now, do you also like maybe, because a lot of times, you know, there's, there's there's a link with nutrition, for example, the things that we put in our body do give inflammation and things like that. So so is there anything that you use to maybe uh, guide them through a nutrition process? Yeah, I mean, I, like you know, there's this idea that I, I 
Uh, for sure. It, it, it certainly depends on the individual. I'm not talking about nutrition with every single client in front of me, but uh, I certainly do uh, comment on some different things. Um, of course, like one of the biggest things that gets people into trouble now today is seed oil. So, you know, canola oil, sunflower oil. So those are very pro-inflammatory oils that have a high omega-6 to omega-3 fat ratio. Essentially, they're pro-inflammatory. Um, you know, things like refined carbohydrates, a very simple example that I like to give to people is if I took a glass of water and put a piece of bread in it, what's going to happen to, you know, the bread's going to soak up all the water. So when you're holding on to excess fluids, sometimes that like you know, we're retaining some inflammation. And so one of the ways is like, you know, reducing the breads that passes the cookie, the crackers, the sugar, you know, all that goes along with just a more whole foods balanced diet. Of course, like, you know, there's certain supplements that I think are helpful for people like collagen is something good that we don't get enough in our diet. Like we think about like our macronutrients being protein, fat and carbohydrates. But I would say the missing link is for a lot of people is collagen. And actually right now in my house, I've got some bones simmering on the, on my uh, on my oven. So hopefully there's no fire. But the idea being like, you, you know, you could buy a collagen supplement or you know, bone broth is great. Um I also think omega-3 fatty acids, like a supplement is, is helpful. Just things to, you know, anti-inflammatory diet in general, eating a very like balanced diet. Um, don't be afraid of fat, eat protein. Um, and yeah, I, I talk, I, talk, I certainly touch on nutrition. I talk about sleep, depending on if someone's telling me that they're not recovering well, like we need to sleep well, we need to eat well, we need to have stress management. So a lot of times what I'm doing, as I mentioned, this whole idea of the slouching, well, slouching, one of the ways that we slouch is by learning to exhale well. So most people, when they're stressed, they're told, take a deep breath. It's the wrong advice. What you should be doing is really prolonging that exhale. And that's what gets the nervous system to start to calm down rather than the sniffing. So there's a whole package of understanding like, yes, it's about your movement, but I need to look at your nutrition, your sleep, your stress management, and you as a whole, like, tell me what, what are the barriers for your, your, your compliance with the exercises, for example, are there barriers? What's your internal motivation? Why do you want to get better? Because people will come to me and I say like, you know, what's your main, you know, I've got a magic wand. What's your main goal for coming to see me? And they'll say like, you know, fix me or I want to get out of pain. It's like, okay, well, drink a lot of alcohol. You get out of pain, no problem, right? It's like, well, how are you going to get a, like, how are you going to stick through with the changes that I'm asking from you? It's connecting to your deeper why. And we, you know, you heard Simon Sinek, like, what is your why? And all these, you know, these guys that are connecting people to their deeper purpose behind, like, why they're coming to see me. Because if you're coming to see me because your wife or your husband wants to, wants you to see me, that's not going to work. It's like, well, what is the pain stopping from doing? I, well, I can't play with my kids anymore or, or, or I can't go running and okay, go on. Well, what is running for you? Well, oh, I go with my friends. And so now I, I'm lacking social uh, time with people or connection time. So it's really connecting people to their why. So this, it's a whole picture of getting someone to me to really, um, you know, tell me what these activities are stopping them from doing and then connecting them back to their why. And then also making sure like, okay, realistically, when can you fit this seven minute routine into your day? So we have to talk logistics because physiotherapy is about behavior change, right? Like it's not a quick fix solution. Yes, we'll get you out of pain if you commit, but it's about long-term changes rather than the short-term crack, crack. And, you know, I'll see you in a few weeks back with the same exact problem because you, you haven't changed why the pain's there in the first place. Great. Thank you so much. So, so something that I'd like to ask is that um, with, 
I love what you covered a lot of things because of sleep, you know, distress, all these things are inflammatory and ultimately they affect the way you behave. Yeah. Uh, but I love what you said also about why are you going to, why are you trying to fix yourself? You know, you know, I, is the pain preventing you from doing the stuff that you love? And if that's the case, then you're going to do more to make that change. Like someone's like, hey, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to have heart problems. Well, now you have a motivation, you know, to actually do what you need, what, what you need to actually fix that problem. But so now there is, there is one question I, that I hear all the time and, you know, and I'm not sure if it's relevant or not, but weight and, and pain, you know, when someone, for example, especially we're talking about foot, right. You know, the, the foot carries the whole body. I mean, yeah. and the knees and all the stuff uh, does weight affect you know i mean the, the answer probably is yes but you know uh how do you mitigate that in your where work type i often like uh, of course it, you know the ground reaction forces increase when we have more weight on our body and certainly i want to guide people um either i'm referring out or i'm just talking about generalized principles and you know like checking in, like, let's try to make, you know, when it comes to behavior change, we don't want to like overhaul and change it. So like one small, simple step, like each week, all right, let's talk about one thing you can remove one thing you could add in terms of that. But I often believe in my opinion, like a doctor will just cop out like, Oh, you're, you're overweight. And that's why you have pain. It's not helping you a hundred percent, but we could still get you out of pain by moving better in the process. And usually when you're overweight, like you have less motivation to exercise and move. And so like what, again, all the movements I'm showing to people, the goal is not no pain, no gain. It's like, let's teach you to feel the right things. And so, you know, very basic exercises, get people sweating and, and challenge. And then like, you know, then that momentum carries on, but yeah, the, the weight is not a helper. Let's put it that way. You know, as, as you know, as we're having more and more obesity issues in the US, Canada, throughout the world, it doesn't help. Well, that, that yeah, again, the reason I'm asking is that it is a problem and it's it's real and it is happening and we, we see more problems that are driven by that. I mean, it's the food we eat, the way we behave, and to your point, you know, the lack of exercise and all this stuff adds up and then you wind up with a lot of pain. And a lot of that pain travels to your legs because... <laughs> You yeah, got all this this there. heavy stuff on your knee. I listen. I I I tell you, I experienced this years back. There's a point in my life where I gained a lot of weight. Yeah, and my knees were so in pain that I couldn't walk or climb the steps. I mean, like stairs would were difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, but as soon as I dropped the weight, I was like, "Whoa, my knees feel better now." Yeah, so I can sure. tell you from personal experience that oh, is that certainly it's it's important for sure. Okay, so so now now let's talk about exercises. Like you know, people work out. You know, is there any damaging type of exercise that they do that can affect their foot? Yeah, I mean, like, it all depends. Like, I mentioned that example of this idea of, like, um, stacking the body. So if we think about, like, a split squat, I don't know if everyone will understand that. They'll look it up. But basically, like, let's say you have one foot in front of the other and, like, you just, you know, lower your, your gravity down and you come back up. Now, one of the things that I see all the time are snapping knees. So what I mean by... Imagine you've been told, you know, bend your knees to pick something up, right? So that I agree with you, bend your knees and you're about to load and pick up the, the thing. But what's going to happen for most people is because they don't have intention into their midfoot and forefoot, their knee, as they start to stand up, starts to straighten out. So imagine I'm standing up and my knees start to straighten. What's going to happen is I'm going to end up having to lift with my chest to pick things up. So think about a deadlift. 
as you're about to pick up the deadlift, if your knees are straight, like fully locked out, you don't have a leg to push off of. So what I'm teaching people to do is like keep their knees forward for longer so that their hips come forward rather than their knees snapping back. And so it's not, I don't believe any one like exercise in the gym is necessarily bad. It's all about execution and how you're doing it. And are you having variety in your training or is it all like sagittal, which just means forwards and backwards? Are you including like single leg exercises or is it all two legs with a barbell? And so we're often, I had a client today who's, you know, he had a lot of wrist issues and the idea is that he's doing like lots of bicep curls, but there's no play in a barbell, whereas a dumbbell has a freedom to move. So I'm encouraging more people to use different tools that allow more degrees of freedom, i.e. more potential for movement, rather than being locked into these brace positions that don't allow for any wiggle room, so to say. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. That's pretty cool. Uh, so so, so now, for our audiences, yeah, listen to this show. I mean, it's pretty exciting. Now, how do we get them... Uh, to apply some of obviously, you know, anyone that has problems, they certainly can reach out to you. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to know, like, how does that work? I mean, is it, is it physically, do they have to be there physically with you or yeah. it can be done through, through remote, you know, like, uh, telehealth yeah, so I work type a of thing. Ton with the re remote clients, um, one-on-one, -on -one. I have many clients all around the world, uh, that I do through zoom. Um, but what I've done, um, because, you know, what I honestly, sick and tired of hearing is the frustrated idea that most people come to me and they're like, I've tried everything. And I know what that means. It doesn't really mean everything. It means what they've been offered thus far. And so I've packaged together an online program, basically teaching the exact same exercises that I use with my clients on a daily basis into a very easy to follow collection of videos, 15 minutes, 20 minutes max, like every day that you could do in the comfort of your own home with no equipment, easy to beginner to advance. Like the idea is that like, it's just teaching these fundamental movement patterns that restore the connection from, you know, ground up foot to back to shoulder, everything working together. So I would really encourage people to check it out. I have like, you know, it's the exact same things that I'm teaching my clients one-on-one. -on -one. It's a very affordable thing that people could do in order to, you know, restore back their movement freedom and get back to doing the things they love. So that's been my project that I've been working on because I'm thinking like, how do I get the word out more? And of course, you know, I could do group classes, but I want to have this, a better standard for the industry because I, I honestly think that what's being offered unfortunately doesn't cut it in terms of what is best. And I had to go through that firsthand of learning all these things. So I know that these exercises work because I use them on myself and I use them on my clients and I get people out of years and years of chronic pain back to doing the things they want to do within, you know, a few short weeks or months. That was going to be my question. Like what is the the standard time frame to, to start seeing some results? If someone well, joins it could a program, be like immediate, like a, one little bridge exercise, you know, like think about a glute bridge, right? Most people know what a glute bridge is. They, they line their back, the leg is in front, they lift up. Now, what I do instead of doing the standard glute bridge is I'll put their feet a little bit further and I'll actually lift their heels off the floor like a millimeter. And then I say lift up a millimeter. So instead of using your back, like we talked about, sit up straight, stand up straight, where this idea of I'm just going and squeezing my glutes, I get them feeling an exercise. Well, holy shit, my hamstrings and my calves are working like crazy. And all of a sudden their legs start vibrating. And like, that's a nervous system change that happens instantaneously. Now, of course, all you need to do is reps, 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 like, and 
teaching what I do. I show what them. So like people feel better within a week or two of me seeing them. Obviously it's slightly different with a, you know, me seeing them one-on-one and it's a bit more of a tailored solution, but more and more of the program is now having like check-ins where people could, you know, send over videos. And so the idea is that like most of my clients that I see are better within, you know, five to six, like four to six weeks, but they're already seeing pain relief within the first few weeks. My goal, as I always tell people, is it's not just about getting out of pain, but building resilience and capacity. So I get people like who've had knee pain, learning how to leap and hop and, and challenge their body so that like day-to-day life becomes easy in comparison to the things that I'm showing them. Thank you. Uh, so, so now if someone just in general listening right now, they want to, Sample walking. What would you tell them to do? Where do where, where walking? Should, just just to sample like barefoot walking. If yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I would just say like kick off your shoes and go to grass, go to a park, and be mindful. Like uh, again, a lot of people live on their toes or their or their heels, but just feel your whole foot against the ground. Go walk on some soil. Go walk on some little pebbles. Like go experiment and be mindful of how you're walking. Oftentimes, because we have a shoe, we kind of thump on the ground, boom, boom, boom. We're hitting the ground hard. Whereas walking barefoot is a much more mindful experience. So it's as simple as kicking off your shoes and going to a park. <laughs> well, and then then escalated to to doing serious hiking. Well, then it's right? like you know, then ideally getting into these more natural footwear. So you know. Um, there's if you type in natural footwear one easy company that i do recommend to people is like we talked about this idea of thin shoes are like more minimalist in nature that's not for everyone right away so like this company called ultra a-l-t-r-a they're actually out of utah i believe in, in the u.s that have the wide shoe wide shoe the flat shoe the flexible shoe but they still have cushioning and so it's a transition towards this more minimalist brand Got it. Got it. Well, thank you. Now, your website is the, uh, let me see if I have it here, Rebuild That Ground uh, Ground Physio. Ground Up Physio. Okay, yeah. good. But yeah, uh, and then there's a couple other things after, so you might want to link it in the show notes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to put it up, you know, in yeah. the description here. So but if anyone has them. questions, they could certainly reach out to me, Ground Up Physio on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you could go on my YouTube channel. I had tons of exercises there. Um, yeah, so it's Ground Up Physio, P-H-Y-S-I-O. All right. Know. Yeah, the U.S. folks <laughs> out there. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Well, listen, I mean, I, uh, you know, we've just hit the the, the hour mark here, and the, you know, we've covered a lot of things. And and frankly, it, it is a, a hot topic because you know it's we stand on our feet, we work on our feet for the most. Part. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people now sit, you know, but yeah. but but you still got to carry yourself to get you to that. Give seat. love to the feet. <laughs> exactly. So 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 your legs. I mean, you know, start with your foot in the bottom, and you have to really have a healthier, uh, you know, step and you know, uh, opportunity. It's like your that's your foundation. Really. Yeah. I mean, we think about it, right? And, and you know, most people may may not even consider that as as a thing. But after today's show, I think a lot of people that can listen to this, like, wow, I never thought about this. And you know, you you'll be surprised what this can mean to you if you make some adjustments. I can tell you this personally. I do actually walk barefoot. Uh, you know, as much as I can, you know, yeah. around and around the house, there is no shoes, you yeah. know, anywhere in the house, the front, backyard, front, you know, I walk, you know, barefoot, but obviously I don't go to work barefoot, <laughs> but, but, you know, even sometimes when I drive, you know, I have, you know, uh, slip-ons and basically I just drive with my, my feet and people may like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you? Believe me, it feels different, you know, and I, I enjoy it. And, and, um, I'm not an extreme, you know, when it comes to that, but I, I try to 
balance things and 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 experience things myself and it does work man it it's there's just nothing to tell about it i mean i have tested it like i said i've i've been in martial arts so i've been yeah. really always training with bare feet and 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 it's a different level of training as a matter of fact i had less injuries training barefoot than when i had shoes on <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean literally I your I, rates have only gone up since we've introduced more and more technology unfortunately yeah it is live i mean yeah there there is a price to progress right yeah. <laughs> there's a good one and a bad one so yeah, we just exactly. have to to know how to manage it well so greg listen this it's been a real you know great time with you man uh, and a true pleasure i i had fun i learned a lot and definitely we've we've covered a lot of grounds for our audiences uh, I think they'll enjoy this. And certainly, folks, if you're watching or, or, or listening and you do feel pain or you're not sure, you know, I mean, obviously, we have an expert that you can reach out to uh, directly through his system. He can guide you. He can help you. And if you really need the help, I mean, he can help you certainly, you know, get better. And at the end of the day, that's all we want. We want you to feel better, be better. And if you feel good, you know, and, and you are better everything around you is going to feel good and be better. So that's that's the plan. Right. Okay. So let's do that. All right, Greg. Well, listen, thank you so much for being with Appreciate us. Appreciate you having me. My Thanks. pleasure. Thank you. All right, folks, this is it. We're coming to the end of the show. I'm Hurricane H. We'll be talking uh, soon. New day, new show, new topic, new guest. Bye for now. There's a lot of talk all over the Internet these days about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Whatever generation you're in, if you want more energy, better health, and a boost in vitality, we invite you to try Greska's Carbon-60, a stunning development in free radical destruction. Being much smaller in size than conventional antioxidants derived from fruits and vegetables, it is far more bioavailable to quickly mend the toxin-crippled cells in your body. Greska's Carbon 60 is the only C60 product that is made without the use of undesirable solvents. The only one. Greska's Carbon 60 was developed by a brilliant NASA carbon scientist and 95% report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Visit c-60.com. That's c-60.com or call 720-600-6040.